me pones un, un épocas, si tú no quieres hablar conmigo, dímelo para yo no llamarte ni molestarte, porque nada más quedaba tú. Real talk, real people, real stories. The He's Just Podcast. Yeah! Welcome, everyone, to another He's Just Podcast. I'm your host and founder of the He's Just a Social Worker movement, Jules Duje. We have another exciting show for you today. But before we get started, I want to remind everyone that this platform was built because often we were overlooked. We were labeled. We were put in boxes. People said that we couldn't, but now we're proving that we can. This journey is for anyone and everyone who needs to be heard and understood. We are strong as individuals, but unstoppable when we unite. Today's guest, nonetheless, I am honored to have him here because he is wise beyond his ears. He is a man who has taken the music industry by storm in different ways. He has taken the community side of things. He's improved our livelihood in neighborhoods where people usually don't have an opportunity. I'll give you a little bit of feedback. His name is Spencer Williams. He's from Southside, Jamaica, and music has been his passion. He's been collecting music at a very young age. Him and, and, him and another friend named Deem, they began working together when they were about 15. They only had a microphone and a computer, and they had a plan, and that was to create music. So they began to recruit local rappers, youth that were interested in music, and they were able to record. They started coming over to his house where he became an engineer. Amazingly enough, he began to meet other artists who then shined off, Dope Rebels, Sly Cooper, Clutch the Rebel. They also have him showed in Brooklyn. He's also involved in the hip hop scene. The local and upcoming artists pay a lot of respect to him. He's also engineered for Sly's first mixtape and as Clutches. And between then, his production and the way that he carries himself has been able to help a lot of young people work together to become great artists in their own right. His affiliations have attracted more local artists from the neighborhood and beyond. This includes the Magin Cartel, PTB Rel, Skymo, The Coffee Shop, Breach, and Yaya Bay, just to say a few. Even at a young age, he's created experiences beyond. He plays instruments. He's able to work and practice using a singing background. He also plays the bass. He's a solo performer. And the list goes on and on. We're excited to have him today because he's one of New York's own. And he's recently working as a studio engineer in Manhattan, but also done work in L.A. and Miami. His studio known worldwide as the Blue Light in Jamaica, Queens. Spencer, welcome. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. You know, we're super excited to have you here today because... A lot of the work that you've been able to do for the community really, really makes me feel proud about being a Latino, about being underserved and being able to know that we have the tools. Could you tell us some of the things that you're working on you know, recently and tell us about you? Okay. Currently, I'm further developing my studio, um, studying a lot of room acoustics, that's something that uh, I picked up very recently, right? As an engineer, the goal is to be able to hear 
what's going on on the song or whatever audio you're working on and may be able to make accurate decisions when you adjust the sound quality in order to do that you have to have a thorough understanding of room acoustics or at least i like to think you should so right now i'm just trying to take my home studio to a different level where i can provide a more professional experience for local artists and established artists and just a lot of professionalism to evolve i like to make sure artists know what they're getting into when you have a studio in the neighborhood you get a lot of people who are making music for the first time you get a lot of people who are have been making music for the longest but they they don't know the process right so there are a lot of artists over generations who are just going to try doing the same thing over and over to get their their sound and it doesn't get any better right so my goal as an engineer and a uh, really curator of music that's coming out of the neighborhood, one of many, is to make sure anyone who gets in the studio learns what's going on, sees the process, understands what I'm doing as their engineer to make it better, how much effort I'm putting into it, how much thought and hopefully they leave with a greater understanding of how the professional world of sound design and music making works. Well, Spence, you know, thank you for that. And one of the things that I was curious about was you mentioned engineer. How difficult is people um, understanding of what an engineer is? Because I feel that people know what a producer is and they know mm-hmm. what a person can make music. What is mm-hmm. an engineer, if you can help our audiences learn? Yeah, exactly what you said. That's the order that it happens in, right? When you're young, you you hear the music and you know it's something that comes out the speaker and I like the way it sounds. I like what it does to me. Uh, it stimulates. And then you find out who the artist is. You find out who the face is. And if you care any more than that, you find out who the producer is, who the person that assembled the actual sound chose the instruments and everything right and if you care even more if you are at the point where you want to make your own music you then find out what an engineer is right that's somebody who hmm they shape the sound wave Hmm. that's the most basic way I could explain it for anybody to understand, right? You, when you have sound, it's traveling in the form of a wave, right? Mm-hmm. And the engineer in music is the person who understands the science of how to form that wave in a, the most pleasurable way. So what made you transition from a musician to an engineer? Okay. So basically I I had began singing when I was a teenager, right? I got into production because uh my homie Sly Coop, who you mentioned, he got into producing first and he left a keyboard at my house with a CD on it. 
a CD with a program called FL Studio. And I was the type of kid where if you leave something in my house, I'm I'm gonna figure it out, right? So just just like recording engineering, Dean left a mic at my house. He he didn't ask me to be his engineer, you know, he left a mic at my house, so I, I learned how to use it. Sly left a keyboard and and the software for making music at my house. So I just popped it in and you know, we're playing that video game now. So uh at that point, even further, one other very important friend who I forgot to put in the bio, Mel, who it knows all of us as well, he left a guitar at my house one day. Mm-hmm. And that's how I began to play guitar, right? So it's all uh, a product of people just providing for me and me going in that direction. Whatever the next toy was, was the next thing that I was doing. Mm-hmm. So after garnering all those levels of understanding of music, of how to record, how to produce, how to play an instrument. Mm. Um, I began to make my own music. And the final issue was making it sound good, right? (laughs) It's like, I have style. I know who my inspirations are. I know what I love to hear. I know what I don't love to hear. I have experience making beats and designing the chord progressions myself but I can't get my headphones to sound as cool mm-hmm. as when I play the music that inspired me, right? That's when you find out what an engineer is. The engineer makes the actual value that's coming out of the speaker valuable, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So um, first thing I did was call Electric Lady Studios. That's a Jimi Hendrix studio. Mm-hmm. And I told them I wanna record piano, guitar, bass, drums. Mm. I want to get some vocals on there and I want to record the synth. And I, I probably just need four hours. And they told me something crazy. They told me that it cost about $700. <laughs> and knowing what I know now, that's not crazy. But, you know, as a 20 year old and I'm not in a band, it's not like there's several of us and we could all penny pinch and play together. It's just me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, I guess I'm going to have to learn how to make it sound good myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you were talking about some people who inspired you. Who who was this like young young version of you who really inspired you to, to become an engineer? Mm, to become an engineer, that's a different type of question. That's very different from who inspired me to make music. Um, on the engineering end of things, it was really the people I saw doing it for my friends, right? Mm-hmm. It was something that I never really spoke about. Um, so being that I was at an amateur level, right? Recording my friends, I, I still in the beginning didn't know what an engineer was. I just know I have a microphone and people who rap could come to my house to record it. So that's what I told people. I said, hey, you could record at my house, <laughs> right? At the end of the day, you still need an engineer, though, not just somebody who knows how to record. Mm-hmm. So um, when I would see my friends become serious about developing their music, they would go to studios and go to people who have studios in their house. And each time I'm sitting in the back watching, I'm grateful to have been invited. Um, I'll ask the engineer, how did you learn this? What's that? Right. Uh, there's another guy in my neighborhood great studio in his house. He had a book and 
I actually read the book while uh, Sly was there recording music. Mm-hmm. And there are several engineers that I met along the way moving around with Dean because Dean Spencer, he has a lot of reach. So we've worked with some of the best engineers when I do music with him and <clears throat> and we were getting it finalized. Um, so if I had to say some names, first, there's a friend named Color hmm. who was introduced as Clutch's friend. Color had gone to school for engineering and he currently is a production manager, but I've seen him go from going to school for engineering to running his own live sound engineering company. Mm. And in fact, he is the person who gave me the final software that I've been using for five years. Um, Clutch came to my house to record and work on his mixtape one day and he brought color with him and color saw how fast I was at recording and putting the song together on the computer. And he said, you're an engineer. And at that point, I knew what an engineer was, but I wasn't doing it very seriously. But this is somebody who is very experienced and intelligent about music and entertainment business. And he's seen me do it. I I barely know what an engineer is, but he saw something that day when I recorded with Clutch. And he just decided, no, you are an engineer. That's what you are. And he gave me the software the same way that Sly gave me software and I became a producer. Color gave me Pro Tools and he paid for it for the next year. It was an online subscription. I didn't even have to come out of pocket just for a whole 12 months. I got to use the professional software and learn how to do it. So Color, big shout out to him. He really inspired me with that. I met an engineer named Zeus Anderson who is also from South Jamaica, Queens. He's the one who had the book in his basement. Um, Just seeing that you can do it at home for real to the capacity that he's doing it at was, it was next level. You know, he had stuff that you you only see when you go to a professional studio. (laughs) And it inspired me to understand, okay, you could learn this too. When I asked him if he went to school, he said, no, he just, you know, read and practiced and worked with artists and got his money up and invested in himself. So that showed me that you can totally just do it. Right. Um, I met an engineer named Brian West by working with Dean. And that was the first time I met a high level uh, freelance audio engineer, right? I've seen him work in professional studios. I've seen him work from his home setup. I've seen his home setup. And even when I was at the spot in Manhattan that I work at right now, mm-hmm. the owner mentioned him one time. He was teaching a class and he said, I know this one great engineer named Brian West. And I'm like, oh, that's the guy that was on my resume. Right. Shout out to Ryan West. He he helped me get that. Um, I emailed him and just asked, is it okay if I put you as a reference? And he said, okay, fine. And now I'm thinking now that I'm putting it together and the the owner of that studio actually knows who that is. When he saw that on the resume, he must have been like, Oh, this guy must be for real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? 
so all of these dots just connect. There are a lot of great engineers along the path that um, helped me see that this is cool because in the beginning, before I understood how valuable the craft is and, and that role is in the studio, I was just recording people, right? And it wasn't, it didn't always feel fun because one thing about engineering, you don't get to choose the style of music you're going to work on, right? So as an aspiring artist and producer myself, sometimes I wanted to work on other music. But, you know, I also wanted to provide for the people that I care about. So I'd record them. And that conflict of interest made it hard to understand the value of that role. Um, there came a point where a lot of people were asking if they could come over to my house to record at the blue light. And I hate how unethical it sounds, but I'm from New York and this is how New York works. At some point, people started offering to pay me <laughs> so that they could record with me, right? Mm -hmm. And that's when I realized, okay, this is a real thing that you have to take seriously because people are not just asking a favor of me, but they're offering to invest in me, right? Because they see potential there and they see the, the possibility, yeah, the potential. So at that point, once people decided they wanted to pay me to do it, I realized this is bigger than me, right? It's not just about the music that I want to hear every day. This is about the people around seeing that I can open a door for them and deciding that it's fine to be that person and I'll take that role serious and I'll learn whatever science or technology I have to, to accomplish that job the best that I can. So from that point, that was in 2019, I was what? Four years ago, right? I was 22. Yeah. 22. And I just, from that point forward, I picked up business crazy. I had no idea it was even possible. Uh, aside from that first point in ninth grade, where I invited a few people from school over to record, I never asked anybody to just come to my house and make music, right? <laughs> but all of a sudden, there are enough people messaging me to make music that I was getting booked every day. And Spence, for some reasons, yeah. Like, you said a lot about these codes that go, that they're not written. People who sponsored you and give you that hand because they see that work ethic. They see that, yeah. 
that ability that you take things seriously. When you had that big decision that now you said, wait, I may make some money on this. Did you have someone in your corner to, to kind of coach you, parents, friends? Who was there with you when you said, hey, I have a dilemma here. Like, what do I do? Hmm. Sly. Yeah, definitely Sly. If I was having issues, I would talk to him. And that's particularly about um, conflicts of interest between me and the artists that I'm working with. Mm -hmm. Right. If there was something incompatible, I would talk to him about it. I would talk to Sly about how to navigate through it. Or if if the workload felt like it was too much, that's the person I would call to like, you know, have talk through it. <laughs> you know that this platform was built because I was propelled into action. I was put in a corner and and I had to make a decision. And it sounds like 2019 was that time for you. That was your he's just moment. Was COVID in any way impacting what business drew for you or did it work against you in any way? Okay. That's a funny question, right? The answer is funny, at least. I had an exponential increase in um, in work during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, if I had to consider the economic factors, all of my artists age 18 to 28, had a lot of free money, <laughs> a lot of stimulus checks, a lot of unemployment. So of of course, if they wanted to make music, they, the first thing that came to their mind was, yo, I'm going to the studio every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So during that pandemic, my skills actually sharpened a lot, right? Because I never worked at a price point that made it unaffordable for the the person who's coming out of pocket from their nine to five. Mm-hmm. I don't want to cut those guys out no matter how high I go. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So w- being overloaded with work during the pandemic was very helpful because I got an immense amount of practice, a, mm-hmm. a whole lot of trial and error. And my communication skills evolved because I'd have to work with six people in a day, right? Mm. Sometimes uh, I I do a session in the morning, three people are in there, all right, they're gone. Now I have a session that it, that was three, four hours. Now I have another one in 30 minutes. This person brings their whole posse. There's five of them. Only three of them are rapping and two of them are just there for the vibe and rinse, lather, repeat over and over, just being exposed to so many different people in a day and so many different types of music genres in a day, so many different songs. It it was all so fast. And I had to figure out how to do the best that I can in the amount of time that they have. So it was a very pressurized situation during the pandemic. There were nights, that was the first time I had been in the studio 
working on a song until the morning, right? Mm-hmm. And the artists come record at five, leave at 9 p.m. And I'll go on to what we call mix or make the sonic adjustments to their song until 4 a.m., right? And, and then maybe I'll call it a night, but I'm not really calling it a night because all I'm doing is putting it on my phone and I'm just going to go listen to it in my room until I fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to get up in the morning and make more adjustments, right? It was it was 24 hours during the pandemic. And I got really good at that point. In 2019, people were feeling mm, hit or miss, you know. But after the pandemic happened and I got that load of practice and also free time because nobody was leaving the house. So all I got to do was work and people got to come work with me infinitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, the skill level changed. <laughs> um, did people have to take COVID tests before they came in or were they just certified? You got the money, you can come in. Particularly during the pandemic, I kept it small. I kept it very small, right? In the, in the height of it. Um, at first, I had everything shut down. The, the first four months of the pandemic, I was in the house alone, right? Mm-hmm. But then after a while, it's like, okay, I can't go to work. I need revenue somewhere. And people were still hitting me for time. I, I was telling people for the longest I can't do it because it's just safer to be in, in the house. Mm-hmm. But I started with one person. Um, I told them they can't bring anybody. And as time went on, I started to let people bring a friend, <laughs> not a posse. You can come with a friend. right and um just as the situation became more laxed and the city was on less red alert i would allow you to bring anybody who's actually working on the song Mm -hmm. right this is business right now don't don't bring your posse to just uh dance dance yeah don't do that i need anyone who's in the room to actively be making the song with me or they don't belong there. So that's pretty much how I operated during the pandemic. You know, Spence, like one of the things that that I admire about you is your is your wisdom in your in your poise. But I wanted to ask, have you ever noticed how much power you really have for these neighborhood kids who are coming up to you and saying, "Hey, it's this is hit or miss for me. If I if, if I can't get this right, I'm going to do time." I'm going to hit the streets. Have you ever been in that mode that you understand the kind of power that you have? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've met some crazy kids in the last year or two, just being that I'm 27 now. I'll be 28 later this year. Mm -hmm. And being able to look at it from a much more mature standpoint, right? Most of my time making music thus far, I was young. I was either a kid, a teenager, or a young adult, right? But I'm I'm a whole adult this time. Mm-hmm. So when I receive uh, artists who are young, right, maybe in high school or just finishing high school, and they're looking for their sense of direction, um, I can see how much being able to get in the studio helps them balance their life right because they're in they're in very pivotal moments right Mm. they don't know if they want to go to college or not some of them are 
Some of them don't like what they're studying. Some of them know they don't want to go to college, but they don't know what else they can do yet. <laughs> so, um, and some of them might be getting involved in the wrong things when they're not there. I tell them just when you come to the studio, understand it's not about any of that. Hmm. The, the adversity is not here. When you're in here, this is a shrine. You can create, you can release. We can talk about whatever you're comfortable talking about. Sometimes people come to the studio, they'll book four hours and they'll spend a whole 90 to 110 minutes just talking about what's going on outside. Mm -hmm. And that's totally fine with me because the end goal is to unlock greater Mm self-expression. So I'm fully aware of how I help when the youth is in need and i always do the best job that i can because i know what it's like to be that age and be a music maker and remember i said i was that friend who didn't know what an engineer was i just hit record so i'm like i know y'all got that friend who doesn't know he's an engineer yet so y'all haven't heard what your music is really supposed to sound like So whenever I get those kids and they have that talent, I go all out and I make sure they have the best sounding work so that they can see how talented they really are. And and that's the power of the engineer, too. There are people who are talented, who whose voices hit their voices have not been unlocked yet because the person recording them doesn't know how to make the headphones sound nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so you might get discouraged. You know, that was me and and how I became an engineer. I didn't know how to make the music sound good. I'm like, I know I'm playing good music. I know I'm singing okay. Like, but you need somebody. You need somebody who has more experience and is a little older to really show you what your music has the potential to sound like. And I'm, How difficult I'm is it for you, Spence, to like turn some away? So now you have a friend who, or an aspiring artist who's now entered the studio and you see that mm-hmm. potential in them, but you know they don't have enough money to keep the hours going or they don't have that type of time. What mm-hmm. do you do in cases like that? when you see someone who you know they got it, but they just need mm-hmm. a little bit more? I I work out a deal with clients on occasion, you know, definitely. And hmm, I give them the utmost attention when we work out that deal. In fact, there are even there are artists that I do work with for very, <laughs> very low rate. Um, and even artists who I know they're going to be successful. So I find the time to work on their music anyway. Right, because a lot of the time 
in order to be spiritually well enough to make the best music, you have to deny the rat race, right? Mm-hmm. You have to not go get a nine to five and just be getting righteousness from within yourself. And I know a few people like that and their music is great. And I work on their music, whether they could pay me or not. <laughs> so what are your aspirations in the in the music game? Like, what do you want to see? What do I want to see? Um, okay. I want to engineer for the artists who have that level of professionalism and spirituality down pat. Mm. Right? I want to know when I get in the studio that the art's going to be there, right? Because one thing about being an engineer, I said earlier, you don't get to decide the music you're going to work on. You might love what you're working on today. You might hate what you're working on tomorrow. But as an engineer, your ego has to be completely aside and you have to work on it and make sure that artist gets what they deserve, right? You can't not do their work to your best level as an engineer because you're not a fan of the style, (laughs) right? But what does hold me back as an engineer, which is a big part of my answer to your question, is working with artists who have not done the journey for themselves yet, right? There are a lot of people who feel like they can go to the studio and if I have a magic producer and a magic engineer and a magical manager, I'll be a star. And you might think of some outliers, right? Who did that? People who who just went from being a, a not musical person to suddenly they're famous for music out of nowhere the first time they tried it in their lives. That's that's an anomaly. <laughs> you can't expect that to be you every time. There are people who think I'm going to make their voice sound beautiful when they haven't practiced their voice. <laughs> and that that's tough because I have learned that I can only perform at the level of the artist. I, I can only meet you where you're at, right? If if you haven't become an impressive rapper, I can't turn you into that. If, if you haven't become an impressive singer, I can't turn you into an impressive singer, mm. <laughs> right? So my goal is to make it to a a room, more rooms and more places where the artists have already done that journey. And don't get me wrong. I enjoy being an educator. I, hmm, I stop to help artists perform all of the time, right? If a singer is in the booth and they're struggling, they're trying to record the same line 10 times in a row and it's just not working, I'll let them know 
the melody you're trying to do, there's this one syllable that you're performing flat. And, you know, I, I'll sing it for them just out loud, not on the track, right? I'll, I'll demonstrate what they should be doing. Or if a bar, if a rapper is struggling to perform their bar, I'll tell them, I'll jump in in the end, right? As the engineer, I'm not the producer. So it's it's the last thing you do when you see the artists struggling to accomplish their delivery, the delivery of their performance. I, then I'll jump in. Or if they ask me for a critique, I'll let them know, right? But I, I got in this to make great music. And I absolutely love when somebody goes to the microphone or they pick up their instrument and they make a, they produce a great sound and all I have to do is engineer it. <laughs> I love those sessions. And and that, those are people who did the journey. You know what I'm saying? They, they put in the work themselves the same way I put in the work as an engineer. I want to be around people who worked as hard as I did. That's the end goal. What are some of the challenges that you faced as an engineer and as a musician? I mean, you're only about 28 and God bless you for all the work that you've done thus far. But are there times that you feel challenged? You're like, wow, this is really difficult. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, hmm. There was one time I there was an artist I was working with who got a big name feature, right? Like a Grammy nominated artist on their song. That was the first time I've done music with a, a Grammy nominated collaborator and I couldn't get it to sound good, man. It broke my heart. And I, uh, I tried it for hours before I, I told the artist, I did the recording engineering really well, but you, you might have to get a mix engineer for this. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that hurt my feelings. But um, I had to be honest about it. And I, I got many more chances to accomplish more jobs of that tier later. So it's okay. That's probably the hardest part about engineering. When you come across something you haven't done before and you can't figure it out fast enough, right? You know, like if I had a few weeks, maybe I could have figured it out. Hmm. But with a serious artist, you don't have a few weeks. They they ask for it. Either you get it to them in a reasonable number of days or you waste their time. And, you know, uh, I like to be a stand-up guy. I chose not to waste uh, this artist's time. Could you name and some of the artists that you've worked with that 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 you're most proud of? They could be mainstream. They could be underground. What are, what are some of the people or groups that you've worked with that you're very proud of? Okay. Okay. So there's Dean Spencer, of course. You know, I, I got into this with him. He's succeeding beyond expectation right now so I'm, I'm happy about that i have several of his albums on uh, the records with the vinyls and the cover art on the wall in the studio uh, okay then there's sly coop of course he 
he also accelerates. You know, he's he's performed at the Apollo. He's done several tours with big artists. He's an incredible rapper. He can he kills it anytime there was an underground show. We used to go to those all the time. He he oppresses everybody. He doesn't lose. Um, there's Yaya Bay, who started working with me in 2020 and she was freshly signed, right? So basically a local artist just got discovered and now she tours all over the world. She performs everywhere. She has millions of listeners online. It's crazy. And she still works with me, right? I, I, um, I engineered her last EP, which was five tracks. I did a, a song on her album that came out prior to that. I also have that vinyl on the wall in my studio. They printed that. Um, I got to say Majin Cartel. Majin Cartel is one of the most passionate rap groups that I've encountered. And they have such dynamic range. I, I hope to see them accelerate in the near, very near future, there's um, Mel Hines. He is legendary. <laughs> yeah, that's what I gotta say for him. Though that's those are the top acts. And in fact, I want to throw PTB Rell in there because he's somebody who started coming to me for engineering as a, a brand new artist, right? And I've been working with him for four years. He has developed, I'm sure beyond anybody's expectation, he is somebody who really became a student of the game and he learned how to develop a vision, right? From nothing to something. So that's my top list of work that I'm proud of. You know, there's a lot to be proud of when they hear the name Spencer Williams because, I mean, we don't know one another, but just thinking about and just visualizing that you open your doors at all times of the night, hours of the day, to just to make sure that these young men and women have a place to share their art. That's just amazing. And I applaud you for that. You know, what do you do for self-care? Because there got to be times that, you know, you overwork 14 hours a day, maybe sometimes weeks that are 80 hours and so on. What do you do to take care of yourself for your mental health? That is the hardest part. That's mm. the absolute hardest part. Every engineer, you know what? Anytime I meet another professional engineer, I ask them how I ask them that same question. I ask, how do you live like this? Because this is hard. Mm. <laughs> and what I do, if, if somebody asked me that, I would say, hmm, I try to have some type of trinket or little thing lying around that uh, reminds me I'm a person, <laughs> right? Like I, I keep Rubik's Cubes in the studio because when I was little, I used to do Rubik's Cubes and uh, like I'll buy a video game every once in a while and make sure I just get to play it for 30 minutes in a day or three times a week and eat good, 
I, I suppose sometimes working those long hours, I forget to eat. But when I do eat, I, I don't eat a little bit and I don't eat uh, anything I don't want. I make sure mm-hmm. I'm well off in that regard. And, you know, it helps me keep going. You know, when I think of blue light, I'm thinking about a bigger picture because on this platform, I always talk about the community side of things. Have you ever thought about being a teacher, having your own community organization or program to help you to learn about engineering? Is that something you ever thought about? Yeah, I've actually uh, taught music before and I do want to do just that even. I want to continue to let people know what it is because again, I said earlier, it's the last thing you figure out when you want to make music, right? You learn what an engineer is at the end, like, Oh, I need somebody to make it sound good. Right. That should be something that is more upfront to, right? Like the same way there's a star or, or in a similar way, right? You, you should know who the producer is. You should know who the engineer is. You, you should know, who was in the studio when that song happened, right? And I would love to let more people be aware of the process. I don't think it needs to be as much of a secret as it is, mm. right? Because it's it's a valuable craft that a lot of people could benefit from if they knew it existed, right? I I dropped out of college in 2015 right and i didn't know what i was going to do next but as as a producer i was always thinking i mean i could also be an engineer (laughs) and uh it doesn't have to be a and i can also be an engineer thing there are people who could just make great engineers out of themselves if they knew what it was from the beginning yeah so I would love to do exactly what you're saying, have a program and, and a place where people could actually study it. You know, coming from the place that you and I grew up in, I grew up in Washington Heights in Harlem, and um, you're on South Side. Oftentimes we have to count our blessings and know that we're very fortunate to be in the places that we are. Has mm-hmm. there ever been a traumatic experience or someone who you were close to or knew that they were going to be a great artist and it was cut short in some way. And do you regret or remember any of that? Hmm. I actually haven't gone through that with anybody that I'm working with, fortunately. Yeah. Um, In fact, not cut short in terms of passing away, God forbid that happened to any of my collaborators, but I've seen a lot of very talented people have to leave music making behind. Mm-hmm. And uh, that hurts my feelings, you know? There are plenty of people that I wish were still making music. Um, it's It's a very tough situation because success in the entertainment industry is often about just keeping your name in the hat. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it, 
it does hurt to see somebody that I believe is very gifted take their name out the hat because of what's happening in life. And I think you bring up a great point. Um, sometimes we real life happens. Some of us get involved with families early. Other things may come, you know, mm-hmm. life changes, we move or something happens. Yeah. When you are caught up in a situation as such in your mind and you say mm-hmm. to yourself, in another five years, 10 years, Spence has to be here. What right. is that for you? I have to be in another five, 10 years. I have to be a established full-time professional decorated <laughs> recording and mix engineer. I, I need, I need platinum, platinum records. I need gold records, platinum records. I need Grammy nominations. I need to show people that I know what's going on and and I need all that to get me to the point where I can sit down and not have to work the longest hours because ideally I'm at a point in the industry where I've got the leverage to get the proper cut. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because the industry doesn't want to give you a proper cut, you know, it's especially you're not the star. I'm the engineer. I'm the guy that turns the knobs. Feel me? If it sells, if if they make three million off a record, I'm just the guy that turned the knob. I'm not the you know the pretty face that that got the three million, but you still deserve a good cut, you know. So that's something I'm going through at this moment, and I believe I'm gonna have to learn and navigate. I you know what, and and that that finalizes my answer: becoming the businessman. Because in music. Everybody wants to worry about the discipline, right? Everybody wants to understand that they're the best at their craft. But when it comes to operating at a professional level, knowing how to be a proper entrepreneur and an excellent businessman is what's going to make it happen in the end. You need that. So in five to 10 years, I hope to be not just a decorated engineer, but also a thorough businessman. Yeah, we call that more than just here on this platform. We're not going to get caught up into things that we're going to be limited to and big up for that. You know, one of the things that I wanted to ask, music engineer is a term that is new to me. And I know that you guys are the final touch and making the waves and the the sounds right. But how diverse have you come across um, women in this industry, Um, African-American men, Latino Mm -hmm. men? How... How far in between are we or are we there? Oh, African-American, Latino men and women are there. Absolutely there. Um, African-American men and Latino men, definitely there. Women, there are legendary women in engineering for sure. Um, It's just that it's still a small number. (laughs) It's still a fraction. At the studio I work at, there's... Uh, there's one woman, right? I just I went to a, a producer tr- retreat in a in another state to work. There was one woman, right? And it, it feels like everywhere I go in the room, there's one woman, and the ratio is just far from proportional. So, how does that um, make you feel? 
because I mean, oh, this is bad. a very tough industry to be involved in. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, eat, everyone eat, try to eat the other person and, and work really mm-hmm. hard to get. So how difficult is for you to see that when you know that there's a lot of talented women out there and they're not mm-hmm. getting their, you know, getting their proper props? That does bother me. It does bother me sometimes because I don't want, um, I don't want to be seen in the light of patriarchal. I'm not the person who controls who gets into the industry or who gets into the studio, but it's just um, something I've recognized throughout this field of work and I wish it could change. I wish there could be more women working there. Are you signed to to a label now or involved in some sort of signage and does, and does that matter? Um, not at the moment. It could matter. It depends on what the end goal is, right? If I wanted to be somebody's exclusive engineer or a label's exclusive engineer, the latter would be great, being a, a signed label engineer, right? Because then the quality of the artist is always going to be, you know, verified. I can trust the the style and the sound of it. And, you know, there's a niche. It's not going to be random. The person that I'm working with, it's going to be much more uh, predictable at that rate. And there's much more security in being signed to a label. Um, but, yeah, not at the moment. That That may happen in the future. Right now, I am completely freelance and I will operate at any studio that the artist invites me to. I want to listen about about your parents or your mom or your dad, because these guys allowing you to create the blue light. How amazing are they? Uh, I'm forever grateful for them. They let me do what I want. That's something that I don't think anybody else had. Maybe I could think of two or three people who literally got to do whatever they want as a kid and a young adult. That's not normal. (laughs) So I, I owe them, I owe them big for any success that I get out of this. Before we let you go, I wanted to ask, is there anything you want our listeners to remember about you or any words of encouragement that you have for our youth who are trying to get into this tough industry that is the music industry? Hmm. Okay. Don't think it's easy. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. That is the main, main piece of advice for anybody. Do not think it's easy. I don't care how impressed your friends are or how impressed the crowd was when you performed. Don't think this is easy. That's It's good for you. Be proud of those moments. But that doesn't mean it's easy. Because when you get to that place you want to be, you don't want to find out it's harder than you think. You want to be ready for anything. So always be studying. Always be practicing. Always want to be better. Don't be satisfied with where you're at. I'm going to end our show right there with those words. Spence, I want to remind everyone that this platform was built because just like you said, everyone thought that it was easy. You could get overlooked. People think they can take you for granted. But no longer... Our plight and our fight is for anyone and everyone who needs to be heard, to be understood, 
and to be recognized for their greatness. And we were blessed today with your greatness. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for the opportunity to learn about you because we see a young Quincy Jones right here. And one thing that I can say right now is we will continue to fight because we're strong as individuals, but we're unstoppable when we unite. Look out for the new Keys Justice Social Worker show coming near you to a town very soon. We out. Please note that the views expressed here are my own and not a representation of my employers and clients. Thank you for listening. We're always here for you. Just message us and we'll get back to you within 24 hours. Thank you. More than just at He's Just a Social Worker. In memory of my mother, Matilde De La Rosa, this is dedicated to you, Mom. Miss you so much. En memoria de mi madre, Matilde De La Rosa, esto va dedicado a ti, Mamá. Te extraño mucho.